Where are your papers? You do not come from no Robinsdale. papers. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Harrison Ford. Yes. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kircher. This week is part two of our epic conversation with special guest, Lex Larson. And may I say, our vocabulary is impressive. It's cinema pleasure Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your two hosts, Melissa Kirscher, and I'm here with Wendy Bowlesby. Hello. And this week, we also have a special guest. We have with us Lex Larson. Say hi. Hello. It's always great to be the guest star in any threesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gender concepts. Social justice. Off, off topic. Gender off topic. concepts. Well, except Gender that politics. it's not off topic. Well, it kind of is. In a, well, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we talk did. about it in terms of cinema as a jumping off point, and there's nothing wrong with stopping and having having a discussion about a worldview, right? Because this informs our consumption of media. You know, I had a long commute for a while, and so I started getting into audiobooks and listening to them in the car on the way back and forth um, to BFE where I was working. And so I started going through Audible um, and just looking for, hey, show me a sci-fi listing, whatever. And I'd start reading, and the minute I got to some, you know, waspy dude's name, I would like move on. <laughs> so, and so I was, you know, kind of had this conversation with friends online. I was like, you know, there's no better way to get me turned off from your work than to have it be another exceptional white dude story. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I've heard that story to death. Tell me a story of a woman. Tell me a story of a child. Tell me a story of someone who's old or a person of color or someone who is trans or something, something that is not the exceptional white dude. Have you read Poison Study? I have not. I think you would like it. Okay. okay. There is a there is an exceptional <laughs> white dude as a character, but the main character is a very flawed, very damaged female character. And I enjoy, you know, exceptional, uh, you know, Indian translator lady, like in The Telling, which is an Ursula K. Le Guin story I just read recently. So it's, it turned out that it was in a series, and I was, like, trying to avoid series books, but it's kind of in the middle, and I didn't know that. I just read it, and she's excellent, so, of course, it stands alone. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was one where I was like, hey, look, not an exceptional white dude in it. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of an awesome story, and I enjoyed it, yeah. There was an article, God, I think it was earlier this week, about somebody took a regular script and gender swapped all the characters and then gave it to the actors and I all posted that. yes and okay. all the men were were bored they said they were bored with their yeah, characters yeah i posted it yes. specifically <laughs> to you because yes. it was about um one of the one of the big hollywood actresses talking about how they were doing oh it was olivia was it, it olivia, olivia wilde olivia wilde yes okay and she was talking about how they would do these staged readings of scripts. Okay. Yeah. Right? Of classic films from Hollywood. Okay. And so they decided to do a gender-swapped version. Okay. And what happened was all of the boys got twitchy. And they couldn't hang in there. Fidgety. And they just were like, this is boring. I don't do anything. Yes, isn't it? Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. So yeah, we should post that. We should post Olivia's thing yeah, we on should. the Xanadu website. Uh, it also calls to mind. Uh, do you remember the Masters of Horror episode that they played at uh, Buttonemathon a couple of years back called Sick Girl? Yes. 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 The, I've seen it on Netflix. Yeah. So it's and it's it, got it one of my Angela, favorites, Angela Pettis. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, the the beautiful thing about it is when they were talking about the script after it screened was that well we originally wrote this for a you know a man and a woman and the you know the main the main character, character to be was a, a man. guy mm-hmm. and and then they went 
and and then Lucky McKee went, why isn't that character just played by Angela? I love Angela. And, and She'd do yeah, a great job with yeah. it. And she, without changing anything in the script, they just dropped her in. And so she, there's this really unique character with this woman just playing what's what was written as a male role. Well, and, right. and in the Olivia Wilde story, it points out, like, there's been a lot of examples of famous female roles that were written originally for a man. They just mm-hmm. made a woman, they let a woman play it, and suddenly, look at that, it worked. And yeah. people didn't mind that it was a female, like yeah. Ripley and Aliens mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Angela Jolie as Salt, although that's not, it wasn't a big blockbuster, it didn't do that well. Yeah. Because the script really wasn't that good, and that's probably actually why the male star cast on it. Script is important. Script is important. And, you know, I keep going back to Frozen. Frozen is still in theaters after four months, still raking in the money. I'm pretty sure this means boys will go to see women in films. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this last... Yeah, it's about representation, right? So it's like one of the studies that I read recently is that boy children who are exposed to female characters start to think they're people. (laughs) so so they scored higher on empathy they scored higher on relatability they had better ability to you know interact with girls in their environment because they had seen them in stories and so you have these situations like you know gina davis is showing that you know only 17 percent of women are, are women in crowd scenes and if you put 30 percent in male test reviewers will say that it was overwhelmingly female at 30%. So if you put it at 50%, they'll be like, we're getting inundated by women. No, man. This Too is what representation women. looks like. Well, first off, if yeah. you're a heterosexual man, what the hell is the problem with more women? I thought you just thought with your dick they, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was it was noticeable to men, and it made them uncomfortable when they saw 30% women So we in need to scenes. indoctrinate our young men. So we have to start with a representation when kids are young. Which Frozen is... Totally doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, partially because the male characters, you two haven't seen it yet. Right. You still need to. I know. The male characters in Frozen are really delightful. Well, and I think it's interesting that usually when you have three characters, only one of them can be female. Yeah. Instead of having three characters and two of them are female. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to see things like Frozen where you have, you know, ostensibly like three leads, but two of them are female. Although I am going to rebut that. That there is some truth to that still with Frozen because an extensive portion is Anna with the male, eight, one of the main male her characters, love interest, right? Kristoff. No, not okay. her love interest. A different male. Kristoff and the snowman named Olaf, who is a male character, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he's a snowman and he is not nearly as Shrekky as he looks. I, I love that in 2013, the Big, huge money makers of the year were Gravity and Catching Fire. And Frozen. And Frozen. Mm-hmm. Women films. Yeah. Female protagonists. Would you quit telling me that men don't go see films that have women as the lead? Yeah. That's bullshit. You make a good movie, yeah. people will see it. You, when you have a great character, Period. it doesn't matter if it's male or female. Right. Motherfuckers. and yet you know like today um you know bonnie burton posts the thing about um felicia day mentioning that you know oh well why don't we have in this you know nerd tv show any female leads and you get immediately piled on by dudes are like oh yeah why don't you do this because there's nothing more important to worry about i'm like actually representation is kind of the most important thing Oh. And then you have the one, you know, girl making We're, her patriarchal bargain by going, I don't have any problems in my tech career. I'm like, oh, now we get the bingo card spot for I got mine, fuck you. <laughs> so, like, yeah. One more and I got a bingo, guys. So it's, you know, it's kind of ridiculous that it, somebody can't even broach the topic without somebody immediately leaping to hipster sexism. And being like, oh, we're over that. No, we're not. No, we're not. There was an article on Salon today about the the guy who shot the black kid because he was playing his rap music too loud oh. and he felt, quote, threatened oh, right, that by guy. it. Right. And that there had been a black female juror mm-hmm. who kind of bought into that defense. Right? And so the article... On Salon, and uh, don't get me wrong, Salon is totally a left-wing rag, and I'm a lefty, so of course I'm going to read it. 
but Salon brings up some really good points about, and the, the title of the article was, I can't remember it exactly, to the gist of, it is so distressing that black people are buying into this post-racial narrative that it wasn't about race. But of course they are, because if they don't, the consequences are higher. <laughs> like that's, that's why it's happening. That's why you have girls who are willing to be like, I'm not like one of those feminists, and throw all the other women under the bus, because that will get them some small amount of one of the guy's status and yeah. avoid yeah. some attack. So if that one juror, especially if she's the only woman of color in the jury room, right, she's not going to want to be that one because they're all going to be like, you're just doing that because you're black. Yeah, and I don't want it to be about race because I don't I'm, want it to be about me about race, right? Yeah, I don't like want to that, be. I don't want to be the one talking about how it's race. So right. I'm going to ignore the fact that Why if it I... had been a white man, it would mm-hmm. never have happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead, we're just going to pretend, and it's all post-racial. And the point of the article was, you know, so you have black people buying into a narrative that ultimately leads to their own victimization. And it drives me crazy to see women doing the same thing. But, I mean, that's been happening forever, right? Like, that's the the whole, you know, like, model immigrant idea has been around for forever, right? Of, you know, you learn the language and you stop speaking Spanish at home or whatever it is. Or you learn to code switch or whatever it is, you know. That's what gets rewarded. And so that's why they do I mean, it's not an, a boggling thing. And why is it their job as oppressed people to educate all these stupid white honkies who want to just bumble through life without paying attention to anything. It's not their job, right? Like the But it people... is their job as an American citizen to stand up for the justice Absolutely. of the whole. Absolutely. And the justice was miscarried because instead we now have repeatedly in our culture for the last several years, you can shoot a black man and it's okay. As long as you kill him. That's what that case showed. If you kill him... It's okay, you won't get charged with murder. But if you attempt to kill them and you don't actually, you will have some consequences because now there's somebody to tell their story. I would like this man to experience being a woman so he can truly understand what feeling threatened feels like. Where you get into your car as quickly as possible because you are worried that something is going to happen to you and at least your car will slow them down and you might get away. I mean, you'd think if he felt threatened, he would be getting away from that situation, not going back into it. Well, that's entitlement, isn't it? Yeah, that's That if true. you believe that the world is yours to move through and everyone else is just a bit player in your movie, mm-hmm. you know, the beauty of entitlement and narcissism So is, you could say that him. he did feel threatened and that his world was threatened because these people were not doing what he wanted. You get to say whatever you want. You don't get... It's a not pass from consequences. From the consequences <laughs> yeah. of your speech. Yeah. Right. You yeah. can say it, but you have to understand other people then get to say what they think about what you just right. said, which is you're a fucking asshole. Shut up. Yeah. Both both things protected by the First Amendment. There you are. <laughs> well, intolerance of intolerance is okay. I mean, that's that's the thing that I've had to explain to more than one, you know, internet idiot, right? Yeah. Is that nobody has to tolerate your bigotry. Mm-hmm. No one has to, right? Like, that is not, like, we are not going to have that blade turned against us. Yes, we are tolerant of other people. We are not tolerant of bigots. Like, we can say that. That's that's no, you know, harm to our stance that you should be, you know, in a free and equal society yeah. to say that some ideas are bad ideas. <laughs> your rights stop at the rights of others. My The rights of my fist stop at your face. <laughs> And vice versa. <laughs> right, right. You can swing your hammers around as long as you don't smack anybody, right? Like, right. You can... my, I'm going <laughs> to swing my hammer way. liberally. <laughs> Oops, I hit you. Aww. But if I apologize afterwards, that makes it okay, right? Well, don't even get me started about intent, you know, versus <laughs> versus actual harm. Because that's, that's the other bullshit argument, is yeah. that I didn't mean to be offensive. So that means you can just put just kidding after any, like, horrible, you know, bigoted slur you want. No, that's, that's not what it well, means. Well, when I said right? the word nigger, I didn't mean it. So now that I've apologized publicly and abased myself, according to the rules of our society, you have to forgive me. No. No. No, you so, said a really horrible word. So mm-hmm. I was on, um, you know, a 
a stint of a uh, Hangouts on Air kind of podcast thing for video games. And one of the, you know, guests there wanted to say, oh, it was totally okay for him hanging out with his gamer buddies to call each other fags. They don't mean it as an insult. I'm like, yes, you do. And no, it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and so that caused them to be like, you're making it weird. I'm like, no, I'm actually just not okay with bigots. Yeah. And I'm not, and I told you guys I'm like this. It's <laughs> so, like, I mean, <laughs> there, there are more creative insults you could use. It's but like you're sitting time, around and just calling each other cunts. That's, that's not still okay. a problem because it's, you're still implying that you are a negative person because you are female. Right. And so if you're going to call your buddies, you know, like homophobic slurs, it's because you believe there is something wrong with being gay. And that is the thing that I had to explain. And I was like, look, it's not okay. Like, there's plenty of trash talk that you could do without being a homophobe. And I'm not going to let you be a homophobe right here. Like, for That's example, asshat. It's one of my personal favorites. <laughs> I really like the term asshat. Also, douche canoe. Douche, douche canoe, canoe is good. good. Yeah. Fuckstick. Fuckstick is good. Fuckstick's I like good. fuckstick quite yeah. a lot. I use ridiculous sounding ones like jerk burger. <laughs> Dick Mitten. Uh, Dick Mitten was Dick another Mitten. one that I like to use. Dick, Dick Mitten. Mitten. <laughs> Which, you know, the, the the corollary would be penis cozy. Right. Yes. right. I, like, I like Dick Mitten more, though, because there's an assonance there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> kind of a jerk burger, right? Yeah, yeah. jerk yeah. burger. It's yeah. very, very yeah. delightful. It kind, of, <laughs> it kind of makes me want to chew on something. I am bemused by Marvel and... They are making such bold choices, right? They had, they had Iron Man, they had Captain America, and then they did Thor because they wanted to do the Avengers. And Thor was risky because now we're stepping into there are gods and they're mm -hmm. on this planet, but they're not really gods, but it's magic, but it's not. Let's face well, it, Thor was a risky it's not. It's not one of the bigger titles now and it and right? it's kind of crazy town it's it is crazy town it's a I little mean, crazy town you get, town you get into walt simonson thor and it's like beta ray bill what the hell i love it but i don't know how much thor and especially loki have added to the avengers movie and mm -hmm. avengers universe that right. is being crafted on film and so what does marvel choose to do next you know yeah they're making another iron man they made another iron man film they're making another captain america film they're making they made thor 2 they're gonna make a finally a black widow film yay mm -hmm. but goodness. then they're like hmm you know what else would be good and we're even gonna tease it at the end of the avengers we're gonna do guardians of the galaxy where there's a talking raccoon and everybody's a smart ass and it looks i don't know anything about it it looks like a comic prop like a comedic property and i'm like it is very funny it this is, very is funny. what you're choosing to branch out to and i would be skeptical except you've been hitting it out of the park pretty consistently marvel right. so the the best thing i saw on tumblr about the whole thing was somebody posting a screenshot of someone's tweet that was like, DC says they can't do a Wonder Woman film because it's too complicated, and Marvel's like, here's a raccoon with a gun. <laughs> like, I know. So tell me right? about how difficult it is to write this. We, although, we, we can't although. do a standalone Wonder Woman unless a man introduces her. Oh, what? Yeah, Fuck yeah, you. yeah, yeah. I will get into Wonder Woman for a moment, because I've talked to many writers about Wonder Woman, and the problem with Wonder Woman is that um, I think the best way I've heard it put is she's a box of handles. Wonder Woman started out as this S&M fantasy character right. in the 40s and kind of weirdly became this feminist warrior, icon, patriot. warrior, patriot, and she's a Greek goddess, and yet she wears all this Americana symbolism. Her backstory is kind of this weird mishmash, and it's all trappings. It doesn't necessarily say what her personality is, which means when, as readers embrace Wonder Woman, their idea of what Wonder Woman is is all over the board because you tend to start ascribing characteristics to Wonder Woman. and Because it, there's a huge yeah. lack of writers, you know, like actually giving her any agency. Like there yeah. was a, there were so many opportunities, right? Like I read all of the old stuff from the 40s um, onward. And 
the only like linking characteristic here was her integrity and her loyalty. Like those yeah. were the two things that you you knew. Like she would always try to do what was right. She had a moral code she followed, um, and she was really into Steve. Yeah, and, <laughs> like, and, and, and you know, but but really, what... weirdly, for no reason, because he's a total dork. But yeah. why <laughs> did she? Make, but why did she make this choice yeah. to leave? Her home and go do this. It's yeah. never been well, really this was, fleshed well, out. Well, this was yeah, described yeah. in the original stories mm-hmm. as she was needed to go fix this because there was nobody else to do it. Now they don't explain really like why is there no one else to do it or what is. But basically, what it is is the Amazons were like, look, they are going to screw this up. We need to send someone who can help guide them into a better society, kind of thing. So that was the. The like three line explanation, right? <laughs> right. And, and it's it, but but the thing is, you never get an idea. I mean, various writers have tried to do this, but there's no like unified idea of what drives her. You look yeah, at Batman, but... and he's like, his parents are dead, and he has to avenge them. That's Batman. Right. There's that, no that is the core of everything yeah. he does, and. You don't have that for Wonder Woman. And I've watched, and she well, but it's sad is that right. yeah. there are things that you could do with her. Oh, like, absolutely. What is the cost of leaving your home? And and what is the frustration of dealing with people who will always fail you and mm-hmm. never live up to your mm-hmm. ideals? Mm-hmm. And how does that how do you not get bitter in the face of that? There's a there's a story that could be written there. Why hasn't it been written yet? Well, and, right. well, well some, we saw Kingdom Come, yeah. like, right, you know, where she is bitter and mad, and she's just like, yeah. let's just go kick some ass. And so that was more of the warrior side of things, and just getting really pissed at Superman for bailing out on society because mm-hmm. his ego has been bruised. And she's like, get the fuck over yourself. We got stuff to do. And so for her, like, her pragmatism turns her into a bit of a zealot, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that's where, with the, with the men, they get to be zealots and still kind of, like, come out redeemable, whereas she just looks like a, a horrible caricature of, you know, somebody who's gone off the deep end, you know? Well, she's, she's a psychotic too, bitch. She's too emotional or something, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so it I, looks like she just kind of gives in to her fury and everybody gets to judge her for Well, that. but Although, they're not going to do that part of her. They have to figure out if they're going to do a movie. Of course it has to be an origin story because you can't, just start in the middle and assume that people know what the fuck you're talking about, or, about a character that's been around for almost a fucking century. Or, good God, just take the uh, uh, Gilligan's Island route, explain it in 30 seconds at the front of the film, and you're off. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? If you can do it over the it's credits just, in a terrible 70s well, sitcom. good God. I mean, they did that <laughs> with at least one whole <laughs> Did you hear a tale, a tale of an Amazon? <laughs> I mean, they did that with the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk movie, and that worked. Right. And then suddenly you're you're in whatever godforsaken uh, South American town he was in was it Rio and then and you're off to the races. It's good. And, yeah, and there's yeah. a lot to like about the Edward Norton. That, that was really good. Yeah, Wonder Woman terrifies writers for you know kind of the same reason why we're all kind of going around the table here is you know it, there are so many possibilities with her, but there was nothing really to grab onto where you can satisfy a huge. Po- uh, there, there's no middle of the strike zone with Wonder Woman because a lot of people have very different ideas of what she should be. So well, if nobody's you, if wanting you to take one, a chance with their career, yeah, if, right? Yeah, and so. if you pick one path, you're going to be disappointing everybody else. Whereas with Superman, that's How could you not? Simple. It's dealing with geeks. There's always going to be somebody who's angry about how well, it didn't yeah. pander specifically to them. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, you know yeah, what? Personally, so grow a fucking dick and just write it for Christ's sake. <laughs> Can we just move on and... Ad- and just like write what, what it takes story. to be bold enough to make that decision, right? Like, would... yeah, yeah, that's what I wonder. I was like, what would it take? Oh, for she's an to be icon of American culture, yeah, and yet she's still so poorly drawn that nobody knows how to write her. So, how about you just step up the plate and do it for us? Could you do that? Step up to the plate and write her and write her well, and then we'll go from there. And everybody else can just, you know, suck up whatever it is they thought might happen. And maybe they'll get that in the sequel. And if you need help, just ask Gail Simone. Yeah. Do you, do you know why she became kind of that American icon? Why she became the, the giant female character of DC Comics? When um, the property was sold to DC by the creator whose name I can't remember... Uh, part of the stipulation of the contract was that if DC ever stops publishing Wonder Woman, 
the rights revert to the estate. Right. So they had to keep Wonder Woman in continuous publication until just a few years ago when they renegotiated a contract with the, the estate. Ah. And so, so that's why we had years and years of shit. Because yes. they didn't want to invest in it. Yep. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. They wanted to be able to sit on it like so many other properties they had, but they had to keep publishing it. Otherwise, yep. they would lose the rights. Yep. They, uh, and they had well, to keep... But, and yet... they had to steal the rights for all the other characters and things yeah. that languish. And yet, all that staying power, you know, even though it was kind of artificially propped up, that's why she's this iconic character, because Wonder Woman's always been around. Yeah, but she's always been around because, once again, some man needed to keep her as property. Yeah, I know! I mean, it's a merchandising thing, right? Like, they yeah, totally. To... It, totally. She wasn't kept around because the public was like, Wonder Woman, how could we live without you? I mean, it wasn't like going to be like public outcry like when they killed off Superman. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If they'd killed off Wonder Woman, people would have been like, meh, what ifs? Yeah, because they nobody's been able to engage the public truly in the character aside from the iconography. Well, or when she shows up in a mega work like Kingdom Come. Yeah. Right? When she shows up there, you can't leave her out. And she's one of the big figures that are that's in there. Because yeah. she's going to be a major player. But at the same time, I don't know how to write a standalone story with Wonder Woman. I don't know what to do with that. Have you guys read the uh, Darwin Cook New Frontier? No. Um, yes, no. that's the one with the old style art. Yeah, really yeah. Cl- super clean, Yeah, uh, you know, three panels a page, beautiful artwork. Yeah. Yeah, Darwin Cook's New Frontier, I think, had the best take on Wonder Woman I've ever seen. Um, I mean, it's this this comic where there's a huge cast of characters, but they they really <laughs> aimed for, like, the, the purest, simplest most likable version of each of the characters. They they get a really great Hal Jordan Green Lantern. They yeah. have a really great Flash. They have a real, you know, just everybody they hit upon is just perfect. And that Wonder Woman is fantastic. And and she's very clearly differentiated from Superman, which is a lot of times the problem that I see. You know, she's like, usually she's just Superman with boobs. Uh, it's when, true. Yeah. She's, a, she's, she's a Girl the Girl Scout. Scout. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's the Girl Scout. Whereas in New Frontier, you have, um, I think it's during the Korean War, Yeah, you have the scene where Wonder Woman finds um, a whole, uh, like, 20, 30 women who are being kept in cages by the Korean army, and be, they're being tortured and raped, and she sets them out of the cages and gives them the guns. And and doesn't, tells, doesn't intervene or yeah, anything. Yeah, she, she just, just stands like, back and she lets the women... <laughs> Deliver their own justice. Deliver their own justice. And Superman comes in after this has all happened, and the all the women and Wonder Woman are, are boozing it up at a bar afterward. <laughs> and Superman is horrified that this happened, and Wonder Woman's like, uh-uh, no, you don't get to... And, and they have this right. debate. And one of the things I love is they come face-to-face in one panel, and... And Wonder Woman's clearly, like, six inches taller than Superman. <laughs> Which she should be. <laughs> Which she should be. Amazon. They keep referring to her as an Amazon. In heels. Yes. <laughs> she should be, like, seven feet tall. Yeah, just a giant woman. But, yeah, so there's this lovely differentiation of her personality in that well, comic. And why not make her, not? I hate to use the word militant, but why not make her a feminist? Why not make her well, somebody who is out there defending the rights politics, of every... With politics of any kind, right? Like, she's always had this, like, just sort of blind faith patriotism. Yeah. Right? Because, at, I mean, it was partly the time, right? It was a propaganda comic, but right. the... Um, there's no nuance to it at all, right? It's like, you know, all Nazis are bad, all Americans are good, like, it's very broad brush, but that, I don't know that it's ever really evolved to have politics, you know, outside yeah. of things like animated series and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So well, there's, I, they're I, going I, that direction with the Captain America sequel. You can see that even in the trailers of Captain America, the idealist, is confronting modern corporate America. Yes. And what is that going to do to him? 
right? And that's a great idea. The so, military-industrial complex. Yeah. What do you go, <laughs> so take Wonder Woman and all that she is supposed to represent and truly let her truly interact with what America really is today. Like, with pack um, politics. <laughs> or, like, Lobbyists. how would Wonder Woman react to... Clinic bombings or... Yeah. 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 You know? Did Elsa make you? Yeah. Why? Could you take us to her? Yeah, why? <laughs> and he keeps like answering. With a toddler. <laughs> he keeps answering. Yeah, why? <laughs> if we went with that in like politics or public discourse of great, you've apologized. Now you actually have to do an act of atonement. Yeah. Sure. Okay, the plate is broken. What are you going to do about it? You need to buy me another fucking plate. Right, so you can go out there the and you don't just get to apologize. Oh, I said the I said the n word. I hate that. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. Um, I believe it's, yeah, it's um, Louis C.K. talks about, I hate fucking hate the N-word because you using the N-word means that I've had to think the actual word nigger, and now I'm the asshole that said nigger. <laughs> In my head. In my head, and suddenly I'm the jerk because you're a pussy. Fucking hate you. I love, I love Louis C.K. What if you took a bigot and actually had to make them do something to actually make reparations to the party they have injured. There's some serious, like, you know, shit like that going down in the Maury Povich show. Don't ask me why I was watching <laughs> Maury Povich on YouTube. Because <laughs> I don't have the cable okay. show. So you sought out Maury Povich. So I don't even know how I, So YouTube is a fucking hole, right? Like, I don't know oh, yeah. how I fall into these things. But something was linked from something from something. And I'm watching these guys who were horrible and they made them like walk up and down the streets of New York with these big placards on that say things like, I'm a racist. I love it. Whoa. Uh, and like, I beat my wife. <laughs> things like that. Like oh, these guys had to, yes. and they stop people in the street and they'd be like, that's totally acceptable. I can't believe you did that. Like I call my wife stupid was one of them. And they were like, even as something as like calling your wife stupid, people were stopping him and being like, how dare you? You know, how dare you do this? And these guys actually had to experience, you know, the public censure, public denigration of their behavior. Most polite people aren't going to stop someone. Right. Like, all the other people sitting on that, you know, hangout, we're not going to tell that guy to shut the fuck up, dude. Like, nobody wants to hear your bigotry. And it's like, I did. And they're like, you know, we can't have you on this, you know, hangout anymore. I'm like, good, because I don't want to be part of some of that stupid video gamer bigotry bullshit because I deal with that every day. Like I've been gaming longer than most of these fuckers have been alive and I'm tired of their bullshit. Well, it's, it's like that whole thing a couple of years ago, somebody was talking about when you encounter bigotry or misogyny, it's like, how do you deal with it in a way, in a, in a way that's in a social context that doesn't completely harsh the social context? Right? I think it should harsh the social context. Well, of course, of course you do, Lex. I am okay with like turning all of the negative attention. You are Wonder Woman. You are that patriot warrior who's like, let's get into this. Because it needs to end, right? Like, you can't, well, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's like, well, how do we nicely do this? Like, somebody today was just asking me because she was, she was reading a Star Wars forum and she's getting really tired of the stupid sexism from these really young people who are like, oh, let's post a thousand more, like, you know, Twi'lek porn and Slave Leia costumes. And it's like, you know, this is getting really, really bullshit. And, you know, they're all willing to kind of both, you know, adore Carrie Fisher in a bikini, but then they also think she's old and wrinkly now and we couldn't possibly have her cast in anything now. And I'm like, how do you get to both love and hate the same actor? Like, how does that work? Mm -hmm. And so... You know, she's Especially like, since old drunk Carrie Fisher is the best Carrie uh, Fisher. Oh my god, She's yes. fantastic right now. She, and I oh. love how she trolls Star Wars fans. I love it to death. Oh. I love it. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I love trolling other Star Wars fans. She's a sassy bitch. And, and I, I love, love yeah. how she will just lie to people and start rumors about shit. And people get all <laughs> fucking wound up. And she just, she's, you can just tell she's like, ha ha ha. She's she's have she's trolling, which normally, yeah, you hate that behavior. But when it's somebody who's a victim of fucking trolls, and she's trolling the trolls, you're like, wind them in, yeah, just reel those fuckers just in. Just play with them because I mean, and nobody's really harmed, right? Like, yeah, they just have their expectations wound up and dashed. So what? And so this woman's asking, is there a nice way to ask people to stop being sexist? And I'm like, no, <laughs> there is, is no. 
stop being no. sexist. There's like there's no nice way to do it, right? Except you, you have to just be like, here's the deal. That is unacceptable. What you did is not okay. Yeah, but well, what well, I liked about this article, what I liked about this approach was uh, coming from, and it's two different schools of thought, but coming from a you catch more flies with honey. Coming mm-hmm. from a if you can get them. If you can make them listen to you without discounting you because, oh, you're just a militant bitch, right? But if you can come at them and say something that makes them realize that you're disapproving and and in this situation, you've made yourself less cool. And that's worked so great for feminism, right? Like, that's been the message from the beginning is that, you know, oh, if you just ask nicely or if you're just nicer about it or you'll lose allies like me if you keep being so antagonistic, it's like... Why do we need allies like that who will only listen to us if we have the right tone? Well, this article... It's a tone argument, and I'm not down with it. Because those guys on the street telling that guy it's not okay to say he's stupid, none of them said it nicely, right? Like, nobody's asking him, please, to consider her human. Yeah. Well, well, um, I'm coming at this from the um, skepticism battle with sexism as well. Because that's the... uh, discussion that's happening over there too the thing i find interesting uh also fighting atheism battles are very similar the discourse between do we softball this and try to be friends and reel them in you know slowly and gracefully or do we go on the attack first of all there are many you know shades in between absolutely Second of all, not everybody is on the same path of life and not everybody is in, on the same spot on the path of life as you are. I mean, well, you know, while the three of us have heard these arguments again and again and again, we're all roughly the same age, we're all white, we're, uh, you know, all technically savvy. We've heard these things over and over yeah. and over again, but that 15-year-old male teenager hasn't and he hasn't been exposed to it yet and so if you and and so and, him, and the thing is not everybody's going to respond to the same thing right so there are definitely people who will respond to the softball the the people who would be put off by somebody going on the attack but will listen to somebody who's more you know Take him to the side and gently explain, you know, maybe not, you know, go on the full attack, you know, kind of take that one-on-one gentle handed approach. That could work with somebody. Another person, uh, another person has to be <laughs> smacked in the face right. with it again and again and, and it again. Takes the and, village, and, that's, right? and that's why we have people like PZ Myers, you know, and, and Richard Dawkins hitting people in the face with atheism. And you also have people taking a more gentle approach. To well, it feels like there's you have to there's use context. All, the, yes. all the tools. All the well, tools. But, but there's context, too, of like, you know that this is a friend who is not actually a sexist asshole. Yeah. But he is unthinkingly mm-hmm. using a word like gay or whatever. Right. Or he's doing something that he doesn't realize is crossing over into sexism. And you don't want to publicly shame him. Because then it could become a flame war. Then they get defensive. Then they don't hear what you're saying. Right. You want to gently say, "What you just did right there was actually not cool." And right, you, you absolutely to, can do that. But and my you need to think about that. that. It does not mm-hmm. stick. Well, it, I if don't they think have it, a way to get out of it, the tendency is to try to you know kind of double down. Um, and, well, I think. I think there's context and I think there's degree. Like, there are some people who are just assholes, right? You can kind of spot those. And then there's, like, the friend you know who posts feminist articles, but then they unthinkingly, like, start... Use racist slurs or something. Or they they start judging a woman by her appearance in a post of, look at how ugly she is. Yeah. And what I liked about this article that I referred to way back was it was focused more on men talking to men about... Absolutely. That's about what, what you just did was not cool. And yeah. what they said was the best way to handle it in that sort of social cir- circumstance of, let's say you're out with your buddies and one of your friends tells a sexist joke, mm-hmm. that the best response is simply, dude, not cool. Yeah, I mean, just say yeah. this is unacceptable. Dude, not cool. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to publicly shame you, but I am going to publicly tell you in front of everybody what you just did, I did not think was funny, I did not enjoy, and it didn't enhance your social status with me. Mm-hmm. 
And I liked that. And in fact, I had then had to put it into practice almost a week later. And I found myself having to, I found myself walking away from it, realizing that I just walked away from it and having to come back. Yeah. In that a friend on the internet on Facebook was doing some public shaming of how a woman looked. Yeah. Oh, look, she's so ugly. Oh, what was she thinking? And I sort of was like, that's bothering me. And I just was like, I'm not going to engage. And I walked away Mm -hmm. mentally. And then I went, wait a minute. If not me, then who? Right. And so I went back and literally all I posted was, dude, not cool. Right. And the conversation died shortly thereafter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically what happened in that hangout. I was, this guy's claiming, you know, I should be able to call my friends homophobic slurs and we get it. And I'm like, actually, no, that's, no, I disagree. (laughs) and so he starts with the double down and i'm like okay well if you want me to explain it to you (laughs) you i'm gonna lay some truth bombs on you (laughs) if you want me to explain how you're an asshole i'm willing to do that or you could walk away from this and just accept the fact that you were being an asshole and stop what i liked about the dude not cool is that if i had gotten pushback my answer would have been still not cool Right, because then it, it just, you know, tells more truth to the lie, right? Like, that it's, you know, as they pile on, Still they'll, cool. dig it, they'll dig their own grave, right? Like, mm-hmm. you'll start to see the... the and what know. I like about the not cool is, there's not a judgment of, you're an asshole, mm-hmm. you're wrong. It's simply, what you've just posted is not enhancing your social stature. Right, right. Yeah. You, you have broccoli in your teeth... <laughs> Let me inform you. <laughs> you can get upset about it if you want, but really, there's just broccoli in your teeth, and I'm telling you as a friend. Um, I, or Seriously. even better, like your flies undone. Oh, yeah, your, your flies down. Your flies down. Yeah. You've right. exposed something I don't think you meant to expose, <laughs> and you might want to reconsider letting Try to it cover hang that out. bigotry yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just just, just wanna... zip it up a little. And, and for the people who aren't bigots, it might be that moment of, I hadn't realized I was... Ex- My bigotry's hanging out, too. <laughs> I hadn't realized well, that. And now that you've pointed it out, I don't I don't want to ever... I think I should tuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, like... do, you, do you dress your bigotry to the right or the left? Exactly. Or, uh, that makes it sound like... Usually to the right. I have, I have a whole new array of images that go with bigotry now. And we're back to the penises. We always are. Penises. Penises. But that makes it sound like everybody's hiding their bigotry, but I think that in some cases people don't realize what they've just said. I think bigoted. everybody's probably a little bit bigoted. Everybody's well, a, a little, little racist, as they have every, I think yeah. everybody is a little bit. And everybody's think, prejudiced against things that are different or things yeah, that bother I mean, them I think about everybody different is, cultures. And it's just a matter of, like, are you willing to confront this about yourself? Right? Or not? And, but um, when somebody points it out, how willing are you to understand that this thing you... Do you understand the truth of it, right? Do you understand? You're, I already know that. I know that this is mm-hmm. a, a belief of mine that is bigoted. Like, I hate I hate the black culture and the way they say axe. I do. It's <laughs> ask. The word is ask. Don't axe me. I don't want to die. It's actually a linguistically sound use of vernacular English, but we won't get into that. <laughs> I am, no, I understand. I understand the linguistics. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. No, I, yeah, totally. I loved my linguistics class, yeah. and I understand linguistically where it's coming from. Right. But it drives. It can grate on you. It grates on me because I'm an English teacher, and it's A-S-K. Could you phonically put it in the correct order, please? Right? And But if somebody says to me, you realize that's a little bit racist, I acknowledge that. Yes, that's it, it is my pet peeve, and that pet peeve, it is focused on a spe- specific racial class, and that is a problem right. because mm-hmm. it it can result in a sort of racism and bigotry. The problem is when the problem or the opportunity is when you point out to somebody, "Do you understand what you just said?" belittles this other group, and they either no, it fucking doesn't. Right. Okay, shut Double your, down. Double down, you, sh- you <laughs> fucking bigot. Or the opportunity is, oh, shit. Right. I never realized that. Which was the opportunity I had in my English classroom when I was teaching middle school was the, when I would point out, 
Do you understand how many of the slurs you use against boys are actually calling them women? So the biggest insult to a man is to call him a woman. What does that say? Mm-hmm. And we would have long discussions in class about it. I'm like, so the biggest insult to a man is being called a woman. Why? And as a woman, I'm really insulted. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I'm better than all of you. <laughs> I could take all of you, probably in a pack. <laughs> Seriously. Come at me. Yo. Okay. I mean, yeah, in a conversation I was having with friends about racial slurs. Like, we were talking about racial slurs. And one of the people said, yeah, I felt really gypped. And we were like, oh! oh! Like, yeah, see, that, that, that's, a, that's one that slips into my vernacular. He, we've semantically, like, just, you know, distance ourselves from, like, what was this term that was referring to gypsies, which is referring to their dishonesty or oh, whatever know, the case. Right? So it's like, you know... As well, a kid, you hear it and you don't have the context, right? We don't like have you, gypsies in America. We do have gypsies in America. Well, but my point is we don't culturally have gypsies. People don't encounter gypsies on the street bargaining with them. So you know that that word means something, you know, someone who's dishonest goes back in a deal or whatever. Like, you have no connection to the actual group that it's a slur about. That's like, you know, I went to visit my grandmother who is, you know, a huge bigot. <laughs> she was telling, she was asking me, you know, if I had Asian people in my classes, by specifically Chinese people, by asking me if I had any chinkies in my class. And I yeah. didn't know what she meant. Like, I'd never heard the word. I didn't know. <laughs> and so I had to have her explain it to me. And so it was one of those, like, weird, awkward moments where I was, like, kind of, you know, as a kid, realizing how bigoted my dad's parents were. Because I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> of all the terminologies that I learned growing up from I don't, unthinking bigotry. I don't want to say that my people were bigoted. I want to say that they were working class middle America. And this is the terminology that got handed to them, right? Like Indian giver and, mm-hmm. you know, catch a nigger by his toe. That was the original rhyme that I mm-hmm. learned. You know, eeny, or- meeny, miny, moe, catch a nigger by his toe. And then I grew up and became educated, and I don't use those terms, mm-hmm. but the one term I have the most problem shaking is jip, because I have, even though, and I didn't learn the ter- I didn't learn the etymology of the word until I was like in my 20s, that's part of it. Right. right? The sooner you learn where that word comes from, right. you're like, oh, jeeps, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't learn it until late, and because there is no gypsy culture is part of american culture in terms of you know we don't go to the market and bargain with people yeah haggling is not a thing that americans do very well yeah i mean even as a kid i heard jew him down and yeah i know right yeah and but that one very because when i learned that and it was like oh no you wouldn't why would you say that (laughs) but for some reason jip is one that i have trouble with because i don't have a personal experience with it to drive out it's that, that abstraction right yeah, yeah it's still so abstract to me that it slips into my vocabulary and only after the fact do i go oh shit right right <laughs> so i mean but that was at one of those moments where it's like we're having a conversation about slurs somebody says this and then we're all like ah that's one of them you know like, oh, yeah yeah and immediately she was like oh shit you know like because so that's what that's the reaction you would prefer to you know to have in in your space right is somebody to be like really oh crap you know and i didn't know that or fuck i've been doing my best to get rid of that word i'm not having success yeah the one the one that i have that sneaks into my vocabulary because i grew up in the 80s is oh that's so gay yeah which horrifies Mm -hmm. me because gay people have been in my life since i was a kid they're they're there were friends of the family who were gay, multiple ones, and it's never been a problem for me. But that was the big slang term in the '80s, and for some reason, it snuck in there. And, and it's retarded. insidious. Yeah, retarded, and retarded is that a bad one, so one too. Yeah, retarded yeah. is a hard one. Pretty built yeah. in. That yeah. one's very built in from the '80s. Hey, you know what? Gay people are people too. They're not just cardboard cutouts of rainbows. 
the model feminist who can point out feminism without getting angry at you, right? That's that yeah. that apparently is the magical being that all of society wants is well, because well, it's you're... these militant feminists and and oh, they're so annoying and and that's why people are hesitant to claim feminist because feminist means bitch. If somebody could please hand me a one sheet when I enter <laughs> these social situations, so I would know what to do. I would really appreciate it. Because simply because, assume positive intent on my side. Well, and given the history, right? Like that's not a common assumption. So you know, any tools in you know we can use, right? Like all the mm-hmm. tools for, like you know, gently remind the bigot not to be a bigot, and you know, <laughs> whack the bigot when we need to be. Carry a rolled up newspaper. The clue by four. No. <laughs> I am also white woman also middle class also suburban also yeah uh all these things i'm also not spending you know half my time at the gay 90s hanging out with gay or or transgender people Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm completely friendly to those communities but it's not like i'm steeped in that culture i spend most of my time at my job and reporting recording podcasts and watching movies (laughs) so so, i mean if i if i step on some social toes well that that's totally my bad but it, it happens because i am not regularly encased in that culture right. like they are yeah so it's more a case of just not being able to code switch effectively because right. you don't know the code right. yet right and for for all the assumption that you should code switch in our society right and code switch to the dominant culture let's yeah. face it mm-hmm. it's a fucking useful skill and it's mm-hmm. one that i fought to teach my students simply as a survival skill the more you can code switch right. the more you can get ahead in the world mm-hmm. by giving people what they want mm-hmm Baby Piddle. sloths are the cutest. How yes. oh, they have to piddle in the rain. They have to pee and poop in the rain. Do they do it incredibly slowly? <laughs> no, no, no. It, do they it, just it's sort just of, like everything just kind of lit. I'm pooping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the thing of I don't necessarily know the code, so I can't switch to it. Right. But if you give me the code, oh yes, I I'm so on board with that. Right. And hey, I'm sorry, I forgot to switch. Yeah. Oh, there. Okay. Oh, now that, almost... that's that's totally my bad. My bad. Yeah, my I'll bad. Start. <laughs> Let's start over. There we go. Do I'm on board. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes are up every Thursday. You can find us at XanaduCinema.com and you can follow us on Twitter at XanaduCinema and on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. so bad again <laughs> melissa with your your bladder of steel god no, I, I do the long road trips you know i have to train i do long road trips but what i've learned is to pee quickly okay, that's my <laughs> so survival mechanism for a long road trip <laughs> see i'm just like a reverse camel <laughs>